Packers game day continues. It was really encouraging to see our guys when we had to, you know, kind of backs up against the wall and in the red zone, uh, come through and make some plays. With Packers OT, presented by Pillow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. You can't come out talking about, you know, getting more opportunities and not um, bump through, so it's something that I'm going to make sure I do today. Now. Hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. The big sequence was obviously into the first half, getting a touchdown, coming out in one place, 75 yards. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. Entertaining? Well, yes. Excruciating? Absolutely. The Green Bay Packers fall in Minneapolis 34-31 in a wild game that turned into a shootout. Minnesota Vikings get the home win, improving to 5-5 five and five on the season. The Packers fall to 8-3. and three. Green Bay's defense, they had risen to number three in the National Football League in terms of points against on average. Well, they hemorrhaged over 400 yards, could not get off the field with regularity on third down. Minnesota takes advantage in earning today's 34-31 win. Packers OT is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Now through November 30th, choose 12 months, no payments and no interest, plus 20% off labor at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Set your free consultation now at PellaWI.com. I'm Greg Matzik with you until 6 o'clock tonight. would love to hear from you following a, just a wild game in Minneapolis. This is not uncommon for the Packers and Vikings uh, fans back in the stands. Yes, that's a welcome sight. Remember, Green Bay played in Minneapolis very early last season. There were no fans in the stands. So nice to see the spattering of green and gold amongst the purple and yellow. Still, uh, kind of a frustrating performance. Not to say that you couldn't see it coming here with the Packers' lack of pass rush options available here. Injuries really starting to take a toll. We'll detail all of that as we get in on the program here. 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us here, we'll take you till 6 o'clock at 855-616-1620. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Looks left first. Now over the middle. Pops the right side on the cross. Wide open. Devontae Adams outside the number 40. He's to the 50. To the 45-40. And taken down from behind. Inside the 40-yard line of Minnesota. Near the 37. Eric Kendricks finally caught him. That was a hell of a way to start the game for the Green Bay Packers offense. A 37-yard pitch and catch from Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams. And he thought, here we go. Packers are in business. Uh, they did end up with a 54-yard field goal on that drive. Five plays, 39 yards. They took a 3 nothing lead. But from that point on, really, for the bulk of the first half, it was just kind of sluggish, right? The timing was just a little off with this offense. And the final numbers are, are gaudy here. And really, the defense's inability to get off the field on third down, penalties that started to ratchet up against the Packers, there's a number of reasons why the Packers lost this game today. Uh, but you heard Matt LaFleur tell Larry McCarron after the game, and Larry said something to the effect of, wow, this offense was really sizzling. Could you have asked for anything more? And Matt said, yes. <laughs> yes, we were kind of sluggish there. The second drive resulted in a, a sack and Aaron Rodgers losing the ball and somehow recovering it on a third and eight. And the very next drive, okay, they moved down the field all right, but missed the 32-yard field goal, and then it was a, a three and out and just kind of a, a sabotage drive that started with a holding penalty, and you're sitting there looking at a third and 20. So uh, it, it was a little sluggish getting going. It wasn't clean and crisp like we've seen this Packers offense at times this year, and defensively I think you could say the same thing. Granted, a lot of players, a lot of star power, and the bulk of this pass rush was not available for today's game, so certainly something the Packers are going to have to get sorted out. Kirk Cousins had a lot of time, and and though it looked like he was going to become Kirk Cousins in the fourth quarter, 
to his credit, he was able to make plays when plays were there to be made. As we welcome in the voice of the Packers, Wayne Larvey. Uh, fun game, Wayne. Entertaining game. Also a bit excruciating here. Uh, a lot of different factors uh, go into this one. It's certainly not one unit, one specific player, or anything like that. Uh, kind of a shootout and a, and a team loss. Yeah, it was, Greg. And uh, you're right, Cousins made some big-time throws uh, when he had to, uh, especially the one uh, the touchdown to Jefferson where he was hit. Um, I think Savage had a clean shot at him. Ball wobbled out there, but uh, Jefferson was able to gather it in and, and score. And, you know, those were plays that they made. And uh, I, I gave the Packers a lot of credit. They came back. They kept battling back. They got down 13. And it was just, you know, one of those situations where they couldn't uh, they couldn't quite get it turned totally in their favor. You know, Wayne, I'm looking at my notes here, too. Minnesota on third down was prolific today, 9 of 13. But they also scored three touchdowns on third down. That's problematic. That's their money down. Yeah, it is. And, you know, the Packers have been better on third down defensively over the last several weeks. But this was just not the typical – this was not the kind of Packers game we've seen in the last – five or six, seven weeks, um, this was a little bit different. And, you know, it became a shootout, as you mentioned, and yet the Packers' defense coming in was really playing well. And and um, But my, my big question going to the game was how are they going to get pressure on Kirk Cousins? Um, you know, there's no Zedaria Smith out there. There's uh, no Rashawn Gary. And, and they, they got some pressure. And, and, you know, Kenny Clark stepped up a couple of occasions. And I, I thought uh, Preston Smith played a nice game in rushing the quarterback. They did some judicious blitzing, but – um, consistent pressure? No, they didn't get consistent pressure on Kirk Cousins. That's why he passed for almost 400 yards. You know, in times they did have decent pressure, Wayne, and it was all in sync with the defensive backfield. I just couldn't quite wrangle in a couple of balls that were uh, thrown their way. The the very late opportunity from Darnell Savage, there was another opportunity earlier in the game that was negated by a, a roughing the passer penalty, unfortunately. Those are the plays you got to make. And I even look at that final play or on the on the final drive, Adam Thielen somehow comes up with a ball that, I swear to God, Kirk Cousins was throwing right at Rasul Douglas. I mean, he's yeah. right there to make a play, and he escapes down the sidelines for 16 yards. Those are the plays that Kirk will give you every once in a while. I couldn't quite take advantage today. Yeah, you know, I mean, Douglas broke on the ball, gambled, and lost. And you're right that you can't do that. And then all of a sudden, Thielen looked like he was surprised. The ball was in his, you know, in his bread basket, and he took off for another extra five, six, seven, ten yards. But um, you know, yeah, when you're there, you've got to make that play. Rasul Douglas had to make that play. I thought a couple of things. The roughing the passer penalty, which was very questionable, I think it was on Kiki, that wiped out the Darnell Savage interception in the first half, kind of turned things around. Um, and then Darnell Savage with an interception that, you know, and again, tough catch, uh, but could not control through the process of the catch, an interception that would have, you know, uh, basically sealed the game for the Packers. But unfortunately, uh, those things, you know, went against the Packers today, and, and they're, they have their third loss. Uh, I also need to tip the cap here. That Justin Jefferson kid's pretty darn good, Wayne. <laughs> the yeah. dude was everywhere today. Yeah, he really is. He's so hard to cover. He, he and Devontae, you know, both of them out there were out, outstanding. And then MVS had the big explosion play. And, um, you know, uh, th- this was a day – these quarterbacks really t- turned it up a notch or two. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers playing on a painful sore toe. You know, uh, the way he played was played a great ball game. And as we mentioned, Cousins a minute ago. And, um, you know, I, I thought, though, if you held Dalvin Cook under 100 yards rushing, you didn't let him control the game, that you have a, you're going to win – well, I was wrong about that. Well, that's the amazing part, right? I mean, it wasn't that long ago that Cook was running for 175 yards at Lambeau Field, but the Packers won the game. Like, just you never know how this thing's going to play out. 
Yeah, exactly. But, um, you know, the big concern, obviously, the injuries going forward. Elton Jenkins goes down today. and um, You know, it, that could be a really crushing blow. And I know Bakhtiari, hopefully, is getting close to coming back. But, you know, we're going to expect David to be the David Bakhtiari he was last December before he popped that knee. Uh, that's not realistic. That's not the way it's going to be. And so uh, this is going to be interesting to see how they patch this thing together. But this is a team in desperate need of a bye. Yeah, and it's coming, right? So one more contest against the Rams, then you get a, a little time off. You hope that Aaron Jones can return. I, Rashawn Gary didn't play. I guess that wasn't a surprise to me, Wayne. I don't know if it was to you. It just, it just looked like it was going to be a, an issue for him. I, I'm amazed he was able to even to do anything at practice this week. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, he, he wants to play, and I think he'll get to play next week, but um, they wanted to give him another week. You know, I, I'm sure the doctors would like to give him uh, another week off, and then the bye week and then bring them back in December, which may, may be the way they go. I, I'm just speculating on that. But, um, yeah, I know Rashawn Gary wanted to play in the worst way today, and he wants to play next week for sure. 34-31 the final. Packers fall to 8-3 and three with today's loss. Minnesota improves to 5-5. Five and five. Uh, And this is a team to watch here, Wayne. Uh, you look at their losses this season, uh, there's nothing embarrassing about their losses. They've been in every game, and everything is one score or less. Yeah, no, they – I knew that, and watching their tapes this week, um, you know, they're they're much better than their record indicated. That's for sure. And today they were the healthier team. Uh, they were, <laughs> they looked to me like a team coming off a bye, and they started the first half playing like that. And um, you know, so hey, they've got they've got their season in an uptick right now. And um, you know, the Packers trying to get things pulled back together, and and hopefully in December, you know, going to be five games in December, early January. Uh, that are going to basically set the tone for the season. That's going to be the season right there, one way or the other, regardless of what happens next week. Well, great stuff today again, Wayne. Thank you for joining us on the program. Travel safe, and we will talk to you following the Rams game a week from today. Sounds good, Greg. Thanks. You bet. All the best to Wayne Larravee. He and Larry on the call today of a 34-31 Packers loss to the Minnesota Vikings. One of many crazy games on the day here in Week 11, as you might expect. Let's get, get you caught up on an update here. And our look around the league is presented by Cousin Subs. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. Start on the NFC North, shall we? The Bears taking on the 6-3 and three Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore playing without star quarterback Lamar Jackson due to an illness. Bears rookie quarterback Justin Fields left the game with a rib injury. Hello, Andy Dalton. From the 40, play fake, quick screen throw, right side, Mooney with blockers, hits the gas, 45-50. In the Ravens' territory, what a cut in the open field. He's gone, 10-5, end zone, touchdown. Touchdown, Bears. We're tied at six. Jeff, Joniak with the call, WBBM, the Bears Radio Network. Yeah, tied at six, but the Ravens would answer with 10 fourth quarter points, leading 16-13. The Ravens D sacked Dalton on the final play of the game from the Bears 48. They escape with that 16-13 win. In Charlotte, Cam Newton earned the start for the Carolina Panthers, but visiting was the Washington football team. Taylor Heineke stole the show. Snap to Heineke. Carolina brings forth, throws over the middle. Got Carter! Touchdown! One yard deep in the end zone! Touchdown, Washington! Washington football team, radio network on the call. One of three touchdown passes on the day for Heineke. Washington's defense sacks Newton on fourth and two with just over a minute left to seal the deal. 27-21 the final. Chilly day in Buffalo with the Bills taking on the Indianapolis Colts. The best offensive player in football right now? is Colts running back Jonathan Taylor. Haskell in short motion. Wentz hands off to Jonathan Taylor. Jumps over the pile. He's in there. Touchdown. Ah, 
big D.Y. And Jonathan Taylor has three touchdowns in this first half. And for the first time in his career, he has three touchdowns in a game. Yeah, no one better in football right now. Don't at me, bro. That's five touchdowns on the day for Taylor. 185 yards rushing. Colts Radio Network with the call. Taylor now over 1,000 yards for the season. The Colts are 6-5. and five. The Bills are 6-4. and four. Elsewhere around the league, it was the 49ers all over the Jaguars, 30-10. to 10. Eagles in a wild one over the Saints, 40-29. to 29. New Orleans scored 22 fourth-quarter points to make things interesting. A one-score game in East Rutherford, New Jersey, with the Dolphins hanging on and defeating the Jets by a score of 24-17. to 17. Upset alert in Nashville with the Texans improving to 2-8 and eight with a 22-13 win over the now 8-3 and three Tennessee Titans. Browns over the Lions, 13-10. Detroit now 0-9. And one. Late games in action. The Chiefs have a 9 nothing lead over the Cowboys about halfway through the first quarter. Bengals and Raiders are tied at 3 in Las Vegas. No score between the Cardinals and Seahawks from Seattle. And your night game later this evening, it's the Steelers on the road against the Los Angeles Chargers. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. At the Green Bay 23, Cousins empties the gun, takes the snap, looks right, still looking, waiting, rolling left, pump fakes, rolls left side, and down he goes. Didn't get it away. Pump faked once or twice, had Thielen open for a brief second, pulled it back in. Preston Smith arrives on the scene for the sack. Back outside the 30 at the 33-yard line, a loss of 10. Fleet Farm is proud to support Salute to Service. We honor our brave military members and veterans and thank them for their service. Yes, a big time thank you to all of our veterans in the audience listening. It's Packers OT, presented by Pella, Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. 855-616-1620, if you'd like to join us, love to have you on the program here. Let's begin with Mike in Chicago. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Mike. Talk to you again. I just, uh, I just have a feeling when well, push comes to shove, they still don't have a defense to play with the big boys and obviously be a serious Super Bowl contender. Their third down conversions today was just, it was just terrible. They could, couldn't find a way to get off the field. And I just uh, feel when they well, face an average offense or an above average offense with some talented players on the other side, they just can't get the job done. And uh, Mike, did you, know, you see the? Hey, whoa, whoa, hang on, Mike, it. hang on a second. I, I got to stop you there. Go ahead. Did, did just the, I have to bring up the last three weeks, okay? Cardinals, okay, Chiefs, Cardinals, Chiefs, Seahawks. Pretty good players on those teams. Pretty good offenses. Okay, yeah, yes okay, or no? Let's let, let's go back to the Cardinal game. The first half they played well, but when the Cardinals started using different play calling in the second half, a hurry up offense and a no huddle, the Packers really couldn't stop them. And if AJ Green turns around like he should, they lose that game. The Seattle game, obviously. Uh, Wilson was rusty there. I mean, they, so a lot of the balls were underthrown. Okay, I granted they they shut them out today, but today today was was a game where they should have won in the Minnesota and played another good defensive effort and and won the game, and they still probably would have had the one seed. I don't know what this loss does as far as that seeding, but no, the, the if the Cardinals would have had that same calling that they had in the second half, they would have lost that game at Arizona. Even granted, it's coming off a short week on Thursday. To me, I still think they're a bottom-tier defense, Greg. I really do. So you think that the defense you saw today is more the Packers than the defense you saw the last few weeks? Yeah, because they went up against a really good quarterback. I mean, he's not elite, 
They went up against two good wide receivers. Jefferson's really good and a good running back. And Cook, they probably got as good as offensive people and skill positions as anybody in the league, speaking of the Vikings. And look at what happened. So they couldn't stop them at the end when they needed to get the ball back. When they needed this, well, that's another thing. When they need a, a crucial stop late in the third quarter or sometimes in the, in the fourth quarter, they can't get it. No, I think they're a below-average defense. I really do, Greg, and I don't see them going far in the playoffs. I really and truly don't. they got another another tough test next week against the Rams, although the Rams have been kind of sputtering of late. But uh, I'm not so sure about that game either, sir. Okay. I appreciate the phone call, Mike. I don't agree with you. I mean, I think it's a, an above-average defense. Third in the league, a little lofty, but I also saw today a desperate Minnesota Vikings team with some talented players, as Mike calls out. I also saw a Packers team that was missing its best pass rushers, like all of them. Right, Jonathan Garvin started opposite Preston Smith today. I think Oren Burks was lined up in the outside linebacker position at times. There comes a tipping point where you just you, you can't do it anymore. And I, I don't think there were enough stops today. Certainly getting off the field on third down was a problem. The red zone offense, uh, excuse me, defense has been an issue somewhat all season, I think. Uh I don't know if the Packers' defense is quite as good as we saw the last three weeks against Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, and Russell Wilson. I don't think it's as bad as we saw today. It is probably somewhere in the middle, but I think it's better than a top-15 defense. I think it's better than a middle-of-the-pack defense in the NFL. Today, not their day. A lot of offense, over 800 yards of offense today as the Packers fall short 30-31, that three-point deficit. A lot of reasons for it, right? At some point, we're going to talk about a day where all the field goals are made. Today will not be that day, unfortunately. Plenty more to get to on the other side. We'll hear from you as well at 855-616-1620. Packers Radio presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Packers game day continues. It was really encouraging to see our guys when we had to, you know, kind of backs up against the wall and in the red zone, uh, come through and make some plays. With Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. You can't come out talking about, you know, getting more opportunities and not bump through, so it's something that I'm going to make sure I do today. Now, hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. The big sequence was obviously into the first half, getting a touchdown, coming out in one play, 75 yards. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. Well, an evenly matched game and a lot of offensive fireworks, but the Packers fall short in the end, losing 34-31 to the Minnesota Vikings. Welcome back in. It's Packers OT presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Greg Matzik with you until 6 o'clock tonight. Before we get back to your calls, we'll step aside 10 seconds for our stations to identify themselves on the Packers radio network. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2, Milwaukee. The Orthopedic Associates of Wisconsin helps keep you upright on game day and every day. There is a difference. 855-616-1620. If you'd like to chime in, let's talk to Ed in Madison. Thank you for holding, Ed. You're on Packers OT. Hey, thanks, Chris, for taking my call. The guy from Chicago, man, needs to slow his roll. Um, this defense today, obviously, is not up to par because of all the injuries. I think any smart football fan can actually watch a game and, and look at it without judgment. I mean, the judge and jury about their defense is incredibly unknown right now because of lack of pass rush. But i got to say something regarding – Sometimes the offense has to pick up, uh, cover the backside of a defense. When the defense is throwing, the offense has to step up. 
they finally kicked it into gear in the third and fourth quarter. So they did their end of the deal. The defense didn't. So I'm not as upset about this loss. God, I have a Viking fans in my family. It's a hard day to sit at our table on Thanksgiving to look across the table and know that we got beaten by a team that I don't think is very good anyway. So the Vikings, that is. So I'm just thinking I'm going to be more optimistic and find more of a silver lining. Yes, I feel goal kicking team struggles again. That's a really disheartening for, for a lot of us because that could have been the difference of the game right there in some ways. And, uh, the lack of turnovers, um, not getting turnovers. And I got to agree with Wayne. I'm glad he brought me back to earth because I thought about that roughing the passer play. That really, that was really a critical in the game. So, uh, you know, and, and it was. Uh, yeah, I appreciate it, Ed. Maybe you find a, a house project to work on here for the rest of the night, take you up to bedtime, right? Or just have a cocktail. <laughs> uh, just something to do outside, right? Yeah, the siding needs looking at. Uh, go for that, Ed. Uh, you know, I didn't like the call either. I get it. And it certainly had negated a turnover. But it happened to the Packers, too, right? Aaron Rodgers was hit as he delivered a ball, and it was in the end zone, and the roughing the passer penalty was enforced on the kickoff. So the touchdown still stood. It was not a defensive play by the Vikings that was negated. Uh, but I didn't think the hit on Rodgers was much different than the Kingsley Kiki kit on Kirk Cousins. Did you? Any, uh, no, I, I didn't. I just didn't. And I, it's not to say I love the call, but I didn't think it was much different. So I, if you're going to call it evenly, the same way both sides... I may not like it, but I'd rather have the consistency, even though I don't love the call. Um, I, there was a little more of a helmet-to-helmet component to Kiki's hit. But nonetheless, that's just where we are in the NFL today. Now, you cannot use your body to drive a player into the ground, any touching of the helmet with the other player's helmet, and that's it. You're going to get a flag. And it stinks, and the Packers had opportunities to force turnovers, and ball in hand, well, it got turned back to the Vikings, and they were able to score. Late in the game, Darnell Savage couldn't survive the ground and an interception of Kirk Cousins. Later that drive looked like Russell Douglas was in great position as Kirk Cousins became Kirk Cousins again and fired a ball his direction that he just sort of gambled on and was unable to, to make a play on the ball. Instead, Adam Thielen rumbles down the sidelines to help set up Minnesota's game-winning score. So I, in position, I just couldn't quite finish the deal. That's part of what I saw today. But but if you expected the Packers today to get five sacks on Kirk Cousins without Whitney Merciless, without Zadarius Smith, who they've not had all season, and without Rashawn Gary, who was playing unbelievable football, you just you, you had to you had to search for it. You had to get a little more creative. There were a little more blitzing today. We saw some of that, and that leaves you a little naked on your second, maybe third level, depending on where the blitz is coming from. So uh, Joe Barry really had his had his hands tied to the best he could with what he had. Um, and then Justin Jefferson just ran loose. And with enough time, Kirk Cousins sort of picked everybody apart. So uh, team loss, no doubt. Frustrating, yes. Entertaining game, sure. But ultimately, the Packers fall to 8-3. and three. The frustrating thing to me is that hey, now you give Minnesota life. And at 5-5, five and five, they can look at their loss and say, well, you know what, We've, a couple overtime games we lost, a you know, one-score game we lost to the Dallas Cowboys, we lost by three to the Ravens. Like, this team is in it. They lost by one to the Cardinals. And now at 5-5, five and five, I don't think they're going to win the division, but they become an intriguing team, I think, to watch here as the NFC playoff picture starts to take shape. As for the Packers, they need to get through this Rams game coming up on Sunday at Lambeau, get to the bye week, and then just sort of figure out who you got for the stretch run. Because right now, they don't have enough. And they'll win some games. 
if they had to go with this crew moving forward. But star players are star players, and it is a star player league, and the Packers need their stars back on the field. Let's talk to Larry in California next on Packers OT. Hi, Larry. Hi, Greg. Uh, I've got. I got to tell you, it's no. There's no need to panic, okay? Because there's a few things that can happen. If they had to lose the next game out of the last two weeks, which was yes, which which was today or next week, I'd rather have them lose to Minnesota because the Rams are a team that is going to be vying for that first seed. So if we can beat the Rams, then we're in better shape, okay? But now we got some we got some situations today. Dallas is now losing. If Dallas loses, then then we're we're up on Dallas no matter what. And Arizona, I think, was uh, leading seven nothing, but they might be. Uh, Seattle was driving, so uh, that game there is uh, actually seven to two now. I think, I, whatever. But I mean, we got to hope that there's other teams that are helping us along if we're going to lose a game here and there, because this 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 uh, this league is very uh, what's the it's very uh, what's the word I'm thinking of here. Um, you just got me off on the uh, thing. It's the parity, that's right. The parity in the league is very close, okay? There are teams that, like you said, Minnesota can very well be 7-2 and two or 8-3 and three because of the losses that they've suffered on overtime and the, and the field goal. So there's other teams that are making this very competitive. So uh, I don't think it's time for Packer fans to start worrying. I mean, it, we, we were missing Rashawn Gary. We were missing some defensive players. It makes a difference on the rush. But these players will be coming back, and I think in the month of December you'll see the true colors of the of the green and gold. What do you feel? Yeah, I appreciate it, Larry. Yeah, yeah I hope you're right. I mean, it just you, you look at what they've been able to do without some of the names you mentioned. And we hope David Bakhtiari is going to come back here soon, but I, I don't know that he's going to be all pro David Bakhtiari from the get-go. Um, you, you might even see Yash Nyman here against the Rams and then get to the bye week and then figure out where you're at with Aaron Jones and Bakhtiari. That, that's my gut feeling. The positioning of the bye week being what it is, I don't know that there'll be a rush to get Rashawn Gary back on the field. Like, why not give him a couple of weeks? I get it. It's an opponent that you you need to be able to beat here. You need to be able to prove you can go up against and you know knock to the turf in the Rams, a team that'll you know be be in the hunt for a division title uh, at the end of the season. I get it. I understand the importance of the game, but I also understand the importance of the stretch run and having your best players on the field. And we'll see what happens here. The Packers have, have certainly done more than expected, I think, without some of the uh, marquee talent on this roster. Uh, they've done a remarkable job, really. I mean, to sit here at 8-3, and three, going into Week 12, without all the names that have been talked about over the last several weeks, pretty impressive overall. They've built a cushion. They can absorb a couple of hits, today being one of them. Frustrating? Yes. No doubt. End of the world? Absolutely not. 855-616-1620. Mitch in Green Bay joins us next. Mitch, you're on Packers OT. Hi, Greg. Just leaving Green Bay. We're Minnesota Packer fans. Um, I want to jump right to the end of the game, that play where the, uh, the interception took place. So we were in a restaurant, didn't really get a good view. But the way I saw it was, I'll tell you what I saw first, and I'd like to hear what you saw, is uh, the guy caught the ball with his two yellow gloved hands, firmly gripping the ball all the way down, and then he was either being tackled or just falling on his own, and the points of the ball touched the ground. It looked like a catch all the way, and I was just flabbergasted when they reversed it, 
And even if there was some question, you know, how do you reverse something like that? I did not see any clear and convincing evidence. What do you think? Yeah, in real time, uh, Mitch, I appreciate the phone call. I, I thought he had sort of pinned it against his calf, and then, you know, his leg kept the ball off the ground. I, you know, from what I could see, the, it was about half the ball that touched the turf um, in replay. And, you know, I go back to a play the Vikings had toward the end of the first half, and I, I know the, the, the players sort of juggled it a little bit, but it, it to me it felt very similar in how the ball made contact with the turf. Uh, that play for the Vikings was overruled, and they ended up punting the ball, and this play, of course, overruled as well, and Minnesota won the game. So uh, I, I didn't... Uh, yeah, annoyed by it? Yes, of course. Uh, I was hoping there would not be enough evidence to overturn the call. Uh, I do believe it was the right call, as frustrating as it is. But it was another one of those opportunities, right? You, you got the ball in hand. You got to be able to survive the ground. Darnell Savage, unfortunately, was not able to do it. To get your hands on balls like that, you got to be able to put a game away. And I'm sure he's kicking himself. In the right position, ready to make a play. And he completed about 95% of the process. And that last 5%, unfortunately, kept the ball in the Minnesota Vikings' hands. Ray joins us next from Illinois. You're on Hackers OT. Hi, Ray. Hey, hey Greg. How are you? Doing great. What you got? Good, good. Um, I'm really concerned about the uh, field goal situation. Um, that second field goal, uh, the 32-yard or whatever it was that uh, Mason missed, uh, I don't know what's going on. Is there, is there something, in, maybe something in his head? Is it something with, um, you know, because Wayne said that that looked, you know, like everything went good except for the kick, and he doinked it off the upright. I mean, if everything plays out the rest of the way as it did, uh, the Packers win the game. Uh, that So, um, I am really concerned about it. I hope that uh, they can get through the Rams game and uh, over the bye week maybe you know kind of figure out what's going on. Um, you know, I don't know if it's in Mason's head or what's going on, but uh, I'm definitely concerned about that because uh, I feel like that might have cost him the game today. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be concerned about there, Ray. I appreciate the phone call. I, this has been a d- disaster, just an absolute disaster of a season for the Packers' field goal kicking unit. And it's not just Mason Crosby. There's more to it. I didn't see anything wrong with the operation either in watching the replay. Everything looked great. And keep in mind, Mason connected on a 54-yarder earlier in the game. You talk about a confidence booster, right? There you go, man. You you knocked through a 54-yarder on the road, and you're feeling good. It's not to the point where you listen after a touchdown is scored, and I'm on pins and needles hoping the extra point goes through. Like, how did we get here? Every week. There is something with the special teams you look at and say, yep, that ain't right. That didn't work. And to me, it is not just the Mason thing, but it is, I don't get it, right? He started 9 of 9. He's 8 for his last 14. Something is wrong with the operation. On the 32-yarder, that's a chip shot, right? That is one yard beyond an extra point. You knocked that through with regularity. Everything looked right. The snap, the hold, the kick missed. Hit the upright. You could hear it on your radio. It was awful. And yes, in a three-point game, that is magnified. Whether it happens in the first quarter, late in the fourth quarter to win the game, whatever the case, it's a three-point loss, and a three-point chip shot was missed. Much more to the loss than just a miss kicked, but it's all about cashing in on those opportunities. That's the more significant issue here. The Packers' inability to cash in on multiple opportunities for turnovers, field goal, pressure on Kirk Cousins, just a tick late, it all adds up. And it amounts to a 34-31 loss here for the Packers on the road. Certainly not the end of the world. 8-3, and three, 
are the Green Bay Packers. Minnesota's in second place in the division, still three games back of Green Bay. Of course, these teams will meet at Lambeau Field a little later this season. Pretty wild week in the NFL, as you might expect. Boy, it seems like every week in the NFL is wild. Today's game in Minneapolis, one of the games of the day, and there are several candidates. Let's get you caught up to speed here. Our look around the league presented by Cousin Subs. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. Upset of the day in the AFC. The 1-8 and eight Houston Texans. Too much for the now 8-3 and three Tennessee Titans. Haskell in short motion. Wentz hands off to Jonathan Taylor. Jumps over the pile. He's in there. Touchdown. I-N-D-Y. And Jonathan Taylor has three touchdowns in this first half. And for the first time in his career, he has three touchdowns in a game. Now you're going to have to take my word for it. I promise you the Houston Texans did defeat the Tennessee Titans that touchdown was courtesy of Jonathan Taylor the Indianapolis Colts radio network Colts with a big win over the Buffalo Bills as Taylor rushes for five scores four rushing touchdowns one receiving I should say to go along with 185 yards just an amazing performance by Taylor as for the Tennessee Titans yeah they fall to the Houston Texans 22-13 the final wild game in Philadelphia where Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts rushed for three touchdowns Philly's defense also pitched in. Simeon takes the snap. He backpedals again. He steps up, fires to the far side. Intercepted down the far sideline. All alone. Big play. Slay. His third touchdown of the year. WIP Eagles Radio Network with the call. Darius Slay's 51-yard pick six on Trevor Simeon. And just a bit of the story in Philadelphia. Eagles led 33-7 in the fourth quarter, but the Saints roared back. How about 22 fourth-quarter points? That made things interesting. Philly able to hang on for 40-29 win. No drama in Jacksonville, just a lot of points for the visiting 49ers. Here's a gun run to Debo Samuel coming left. Right at Ward, breaks a tackle down the sideline. Debo Samuel will take it all the way in. Touchdown! San. Francisco! KNBR with the call, 49ers Radio Network, 30-10, the final. The 49ers improve to 5-5. The Washington football team picks up a 27-21 win over Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers. Taylor Heineke with three touchdowns passing. It was the Dolphins over the Jets by a score of 24-17. Browns defeat the Lions 13-10. Detroit now 0-9-1 on the season. In a losing effort, DeAndre Swift rushes for 136 yards and a touchdown. Justin Fields, the Bears rookie quarterback, knocked out with a rib injury. The Ravens hold on for a 16-13 win in Chicago. Mentioned the Jonathan Taylor day, four rushing touchdowns, one receiving, 185 yards. That final in Buffalo, Colts 41, Buffalo 15. Late games in action, Bengals over the Raiders 10-6. They are near the half in Las Vegas. Chiefs on a 16-3 lead over the struggling now Dallas Cowboys. Cardinals with a 7-3 lead over the Seattle Seahawks. Later tonight, why not hang out for it? The Steelers are on the road to take on the Los Angeles Chargers. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. More Packers OT after this on the Packers Radio Network. Here's the snap to Rodgers, looking downfield, lofts it down the left side. He's got yes. MBS this time, over the shoulder, catch, outside the number 30, down to the 25-yard line. My goodness, they beat Xavier Woods, a deep safety on that play, 39 yards. 
Chevrolet is proud to be the best-selling brand in Wisconsin and the official vehicle of the Green Bay Packers. Trust Chevy on your team. Visit your local Chevy dealer today. Fine day for MVS. They were trying to get him going early. A lot of deep balls thrown from the arm of Aaron Rodgers trying to hit Marquez Valdez-Scantling in stride. There was a reason for it. They saw on tape Rashad Breland, who cannot run. He cannot run with MVS. Yet it was Breland and the Vikings defense that were in control of that matchup early on. There was a pop play. You just heard it there that went for 39. Then, of course, MVS later in the game with a couple of minutes to go. 75-yard touchdown strike with uh, really no help in the deep secondary whatsoever. That was a track meet, and uh, MVS was able to win it. That's his value. Uh, that is his values. Four receptions, 123 yards, and a score. He is a difference-making threat with his speed. They tried to attack it early with mixed results. They eventually got it going and uh, ultimately struck late for that 75-yard score, Rodgers to MVS. But all that did was tie the game, ultimately, at 31 with the made extra point. And uh, Minnesota's were able to move down the field on their final opportunity and score a field goal to earn the win. 34-31, the final. Minnesota taking over with 2.08 left and two timeouts. That was more than enough time to settle into field goal range and earn this victory. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Packers OT presented by Pella, Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Let's chat with Chaz in Madison. You're up next on Packers OT. Hi, Chaz. First of all, thanks for taking my call. And my question today is, how do you think the Packers are going to mix up their O-line with Elton Jenkins going down today? Yeah, this is bad. Uh, this looks to be uh, early reports indicate an ACL. I, I saw the play, and you may have as well. We've got the TVs on and the monitor as we listen along. I, it just There wasn't a lot of contact on that edge rush, and he just sort of buckled to the turf. Then he was able to walk off the field, but that is nothing new with an ACL tear. We've seen that movie before, Jordy Nelson, Robert Tunyon, others. It's just not good. So I, your fear is the worst here for Elton Jenkins. So how do things shift? The wild card in it all is David Bakhtiari, right? If he returns, then I, I think it's it probably as simple as Jenkins out, Bakhtiari in. And you move from one all-pro to another, right? That's just a luxury that few teams have. There probably is a little bit of a domino effect because you don't get that full-strength left side with Jenkins next to Bakhtiari. Or even if you wanted to move him to right guard, you could do that as well. So you're likely looking at when Bakhtiari is healthy... Him at left tackle, John Runyon, Lucas Patrick, Royce Newman, and Billy Turner. That's your group. Without Bakhtiari, it's Yash Nyman again. And he's made a couple of starts and, and done a fine job in his limited opportunities. So, again, I, I don't think you'll see Bakhtiari before the bye week. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, we'll see. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. The sooner the better, man. Get him out there and let him run. Uh, but so long as he's healthy, right? If he's just even... And not quite where he wants to be. No rush to get him on the field before the bye week as much as he'd like to get this win against the Rams. So that's how I see it shaping up. Uh, my gut feeling tells me that it's it's the worst fear for Elton Jenkins. 855-616-1620. So grab another one here. We've got Greg in Michigan joining us across the pond. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Greg. Hello. Hey. I heard a reference to Aaron Rodgers having hurt his toe, but I didn't hear how he had heard it. I did hear a rumor that he heard it by kicking something when he threw a fit because he didn't get his way. I didn't know if that was true or not. Well, that sounds like an unsubstantiated rumor, Greg. I don't know if that's true either. But it did happen over his COVID time off, whatever that's worth. Uh, he would not explain exactly what happened 
Uh, Rogers did say following the game, and uh, we'll see if we can pull these comments, but he said it's worse than turf toe. I've never had turf toe, but I know turf toe is the kind of thing that sidelines NFL players. It's more running backs, wide receivers, right? You associate speed, and we saw Aaron move around a little bit today, but certainly he's not going to practice much. Uh, this week, if at all. Got to get to the bye week. He was able to play through it, and he was marvelous today. 23 of 33, 385, and four touchdowns. Uh, But according to Aaron, he says it's worse than turf toe, for whatever that's worth. 34-31, the final. More after this. We'll dip inside the locker room, hear from the players, and get back to your thoughts as well as we continue on Packers OT. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. The best analysis of the 13-time world champion Green Bay Packers. In the middle, Lazard's got it, and he's gone! He is gone! Touchdown! Here from Super Bowl champions, the boys in the booth, and the best analysts around. I feel like the Packers have as good a shot as anybody. The Packers are a very good football team. It's Packers Insiders, every weekday at 3.30 on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. Sponsored by Miller Lite and Kohler Services WI.com. Are you in need of a new shower stall so bad that you still feel dirty after you get out? Hello, this is Mark Hoffman from Bedrock Granite and Tile. I want to talk to you a little bit about shower stalls. We feature porcelain products that can cover the entire wall of your shower. Seamless, with no grout lines, easy maintenance, long-term durable. Don't fall prey to that we-can-do-it-in-one-day plastic overlay stuff when you can have quality, long-term porcelain products that'll last forever. Visit Bedrock Granite between Highway 41 and 45 in When plowing is your profession, it's up to you to keep the world moving through winter's worst. Less time worrying about your equipment is more time for clearing lots. So we'll cut to the chase. Only Western builds efficiency into every feature of our plows and spreaders. With 65 years of experience behind us, we know what it takes to save time and stay profitable. So we make one promise. More jobs done faster. Jake, what are you doing? Oh, just thinking about taxes. With all the new laws, was keeping me awake. Figured I'd tune up my Harley to clear my mind. Ugh, I suggest you hire a professional. But I know this is... I mean the taxes. Sitzberger and Company are CPAs with years of experience and tech know-how. Sitzberger and Company, a top 10 largest Milwaukee area accounting firm, is rated by the Business Journal. If you have questions about taxes, the answer is Sitzberger. In Glendale, Lake Geneva, Brookfield, and West Bend. Visit SitzbergerCPAs.com. When it comes to remodeling, everyone has advice about who you should hire. But who can you trust? Your boss? Neighbors? Random online reviews? Uh, no. When it comes to remodeling, you can trust Nary. All Nary members are experienced, proven, qualified, and verified by local people who know the industry and have your back. Start your next home improvement project by finding a professional on NaryMilwaukee.org. Nary Milwaukee. Local. Trusted. Proven. 20 years ago, Concordia University, Wisconsin saw a change coming. A change in the way we live and a change in the way we learn. So today, as world events change the way we go back to school, we're ready. For over two decades, Concordia University has been a pioneer of exceptional online education, helping thousands of students across the country build a better future for themselves and their world. Don't settle for a common way to learn. Don't settle for a common life. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. May we have this dance? Snap to Rogers, lost the left side. Devontae's got it for a touchdown. Packers football on News Radio WTMJ. 
Rodgers takes the snap. Fakes the handoff. Looks to throw. Lots of time. Still waiting. Looking for Devontae. Cuts it back. Back line. Full of feed. Touchdown, Devontae Adams. Oh, what a great, great improvisation by quarterback and wide receiver. They beat the deep safety, Xavier Woods. One of two scores on the afternoon for Devontae Adams. That play capped a seven plays, 75-yard drive in four minutes, 51 seconds. Made it 23-17, so the Packers started to come back. Uh, and most important, they answered. They answered the Minnesota Vikings' 14-play, 75-yard drive with that touchdown drive of their own. Rodgers to Adams, one of two scores on the day for Adams' his first multi-touchdown effort of the season. However, it comes in a 34-31 loss to the Minnesota Vikings. A reminder that for every touchdown scored by the Packers this season, Sargento will donate $2,000 to help fight hunger through its Touchdowns for Hunger program, shared by Milwaukee's Hunger Task Force and Paul's Pantry in Green Bay. Four touchdowns today, that means $8,000 donated to the Touchdowns for Hunger program, again, to feed families in the state of Wisconsin. Sargento will keep doing it throughout the season. 2000 bucks per touchdown for Touchdowns to Hunger throughout the season, benefiting the Hunger Task Force of Milwaukee and Paul's Pantry in Green Bay. Sargento, the official cheese of the Green Bay Packers. Cheryl is in Green Bay. Joining us next, you're on Packers OT. Hi, Cheryl. Hi. I was concerned uh, that the Packers left so much time on the clock for the Vikings with our last drive. I mean, it was great play, great touchdown, but considering they only needed a field goal, that was an awful lot of time to leave on the clock. Are you saying the Vikings only needed a field goal? To win on their last drive, which they did, but we scored so fast. Um, I just want to be clear. So the, the Packers needed more than a field goal. I just want to make sure we're clear on that. They needed a touchdown to to get to that point. Right, so scored too fast, right? That's that's the idea here? Well, yes, on that MVS that... Uh, they scored quickly and left a lot of time on the clock. And what are you supposed to do, right? I just, it's, you're down seven. Like, you, you have to score. You cannot leave it to chance. It, it's different if you're protecting a lead, right? I mean, it's different if you just go kick a field goal, you take your lead, and just make sure they have zero time on the clock. But you have to score a touchdown there. Remember the NFC Championship game, how difficult it was to score a touchdown from inside the five-yard line? Like, you have to score there. I mean, I get it. You're right. In retrospect, you look at it and say, okay, two minutes, eight seconds left. That was too much time for Kirk Cousins. But they had the benefit of the two-minute warning, and they had a couple of timeouts. Okay, let's say it ends up being on the other side of the two-minute warning, but they still have two timeouts. Do you think it ends up being any different of an outcome? I, I don't know. Here's what I saw. I saw a 75-yard touchdown, an extra point. I mean, you really want to be gutsy, go for two there. But I also saw two passes. The Packers had a shot at picking off on that final drive. Those are the plays you have to make to seal the deal. No, I didn't think MVS scored too fast. You have to get a touchdown there. No choice. Don't even leave it to chance. John is in Waukesha joining yeah. us next. Hi, John. How you doing? All right, what you got? All right. John, very emotional after today's win. Let's talk to Nick and Nina. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Nick. Hi, guys. Very long-time listener, first-time caller. Um, other than playing, having to play the opposing team 
and the rest on top of it, it gets a little bit old. A lot of plays that I think could have been non-called or should have been called. However, uh, I think the Packers could have controlled the game a heck of a lot better if they would have used Dylan more to begin with. It seemed like he's a very underused and highly underrated player. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Yeah, I, all right, so I get it. So 11 carries with production there, 53 yards. So you're a little under five yards a carry. That's winning football. Uh, Dylan also caught six balls for 44 yards. So 17 touches as your lead back. That's reasonable. Uh, that's a reasonable total. I, I thought it'd be somewhere between 15 and 20. Um, on the higher side of 20, if you're maybe you know protecting a lead and trying to run some clock. But here was the greater issue. I, this was not a Matt LaFleur didn't lean on A.J. Dillon issue. This is a self-sabotage issue. And just think about all the penalties the Packers had today. Third and eight, false start. Third and 13. Then you're back to third and eight after the Vikings were offsides. Third and 12, third and nine. First and 10 at the 25, holding. Now it's first and 20. Then it's second and 20. Then it's third and 20. Right? I mean, this was on repeat throughout the first half. And the second half, there was a little more of a groove, and I think you saw a little bit more of A.J. Dillon. Uh, you also saw a little bit of Tim Patrick, who I thought ran hard uh, in his limited opportunities. I'm sorry, Patrick Taylor. Four carries and 11 yards. I actually thought his numbers were a little better than that. Uh, but there, there were, uh, what, three occasions in which they had a holding penalty on first down that set them up with a first and 20. I mean, that's a hole to dig out of. They were able to do it once. They weren't able to do it another time. And I, I think you get into that second half, and you're just trying to find a groove. You're trying to find a groove on offense, and the Packers clearly found it. Also keep in mind, when Aaron goes to his head and starts you know, making it look like his ears aren't working, He's changing the play at the line of scrimmage. So you, you never know what play was called on the sidelines and then changed and what it was changed to. But just keep that in the back of your mind. Uh, I did not come out of today's game saying, boy, if the Packers only had more A.J. Dillon. That, that wasn't my takeaway. 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us, we will dip inside the, the uh, locker room coming up in the next hour of the program. Josiah DeGuara with his first touchdown of the season today. And he gave it a big time in today's contest. We'll hear from the Packers Young tight end, also Tyler Lancaster. Part of a defensive line I, that really pushed the pocket early. I, Kenny Clark was a man possessed in the early going. They got him figured out, and that sort of limited the pressure points here for the Packers, unable to get to Kirk Cousins with as much regularity as you'd love to see. A, a frazzled Kirk Cousins, that plays into the hands of the Packers, and he wasn't uh, frazzled near enough today, unfortunately, as he uh, threw for 341 yards in the Vikings' three-point win. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. So here we go. First and five of the 30, and Cousins takes, fakes the handoff back to throw. Looking downfield, rainbows, deep down the right side. A leaping interception is made by Darnell Savage. He took it away from Justin Jefferson and down to the Green Bay 37-yard line. And the Packers sideline explodes. The Packers have an opportunity to get the win. Darnell Savage high-pointing the football. It's an interception and first time on Green Bay. It, it bobbled for a moment as he hit the ground, but I don't think the ball ever hit the ground. He controlled it on his thigh. And this play will be reviewed, no question about the previous it. Previous play. Uh-oh. Now we get a look at it. It may not be an interception. 
Yeah, that's today's turning point, unfortunately. Presented by your Wisconsin Toyota dealers. Dear driver, you're invited to save big on a new Toyota. Hurry in today. Visit Toyota.com for more information. Toyota, let's go places. Darnell Savage high-pointed the ball, unable to survive the ground in coming down with an interception. That allowed Minnesota to maintain possession and uh, ultimately secure a 34-31 win. The Packers still would have had some work to do, uh, but you get the feeling the way this offense was moving in the second half, and there were not a lot of possessions, by the way, in the second half. The Packers had three possessions, uh, and one of those was a one-play drive uh, to MVS, a 75-yard touchdown. But really, both offenses found continued rhythm in the second half. Uh, stopped once uh, were the Minnesota Vikings on a third and 11. Preston Smith with the sack. But otherwise, you know, the offense had yeah, no issues really moving down the field against the opposing defense. Unfortunately, the call was overturned. Kirk Cousins was given new life. And the Vikings ended things with a short field goal as time expired. 34-31 the final from Minneapolis. 855-616-1620. Packers OT presented by Pella, Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Tom is uh, in Wisconsin, joining us next on Packers OT. Thank you for holding, Tom. Hey, good evening, Greg, from Deer Camp. Hey, but uh, I was wondering, why do you think the Packers don't blitz much? I saw their stats are like uh, less than 20% of dropbacks. They they blitz compared to other teams like Tampa Bay or around 30. You know, uh, down a distance today didn't warrant a blitz, but just interested in your thoughts on that. And end of the season, me and my buddy uh, Herman from uh, Glen Beulah, we got tickets to the Packer Vikings game. He thinks it's going to be NFC North championship uh, game. Uh, so, uh, what do you think towards the end of the season? And I'm calling on all the deer hunters up here to make a venison sacrifice to the gods of field goals. Yep, go out there right now. Anyway, great show. Thanks for taking my call. I'll be listening out by the campfire and go pack. Okay, that is a Hall of Fame call. Tom, I appreciate you checking in from Deer Camp. I hope it's not for the NFC North later this season, Packers and Vikings, because that will mean the Packers will have stumbled and the Vikings will have caught fire. And the momentum game, right? I just, I don't like the sound of that as much as I enjoy that game being at Lambeau. Uh, the sound of Packers and Vikings for the NFC North later this season at Lambeau Field, yeah, I'd rather it just be a little more locked up at that particular moment. Uh, but the Vikings are solid. And you look at their losses this season, they are certainly excusable. Very narrow losses, one score losses, the losses to very good teams, the Cowboys, the Cardinals, overtime losses, right? I mean, this team was much better than their record. I don't think there's any question about that. They were also the healthier team today. I don't think there's any question about that either. And in the end, they were able to make a couple of more plays in the Packers and outlast them for a win. I know it's a simple way of looking at it, uh, but I, I feel like this was inevitable. Like, we, you know, the Jordan Love starting for Aaron Rodgers against the Chiefs, okay, that that didn't feel good going in. It just seemed like an impossible situation, and the Packers played pretty well, defensively especially. Offense was a, a bit of a struggle. But at, when you started to look at the rosters, like, wait, who's not playing today? Oh, boy. And to the caller's point about blitzing, when you have a healthy Rashawn Gary and a healthy Preston Smith and a healthy Whit, uh, Whitney Merciless, and Kenny Clark is doing what he's doing, Dean Lowry and Tyler Lancaster are playing just fine. Like you, you don't need to blitz terribly often. Like they're causing a lot of issues with offensive lines. I mean, look what Kenny Clark did early in this game to the center for the the, the Minnesota Vikings. That's a grown man just throwing him around the field. 
but they were able to solve Kenny Clark with a little help, but there wasn't really much else to worry about. Okay, so that was part of the issue. Remember, Sean Gary's on the field. That's a different animal, right? Now he and Preston Smith pick your poison. Oh, by the way, Kenny Clark is a wrecking ball. So how do we stop this? Teams are having difficulty against the Packers throughout this season. So, I, But now you get to an interesting point. So without Gary and without Merciless and without Zadarius Smith, do you have to dial up pressure in a more creative fashion? So we saw a little bit of blitzing today. Uh, I'd have to go back and look and, and you know try and figure out a percentage based upon how many plays and snaps and so on. But I recall secondary blitzes, Devondre Campbell coming through. We saw a little bit of that today, uh, but typically that's not what you see out of the Joe Barry defense because they can do enough damage with their front group. They don't have to get terribly creative, and then they get all sorts of bodies at the second and third level to play run or play in coverage. So that's worked to the Packers' benefit. And uh, today was the first day where you looked at it and said, I don't know where we're going to get pressure from. Here and there, but not enough, ultimately, in today's loss. 855-616-1620. If you'd like to chime in here, we've got another hour and change left in the program. A very busy day in the NFL, as you might expect. Uh, just a couple of teams on by. That means a relatively full slate of games. Let's get you brought up to speed here. A look around the league presented by Cousin Subs. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. And let's start in the NFC North. The Bears taking on the 6-3 Baltimore Ravens. No Lamar Jackson for the Ravens. The Bears had Justin Fields. Keyword had. He left the game due to a rib injury. Welcome in Andy Dalton. From the 40, play fake, quick screen throw. Right side, Mooney with blockers. Hits the gas, 45-50. In the Ravens' territory. What a cut in the open field. He's gone. 10-5. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Bears. We're tied at six. Jeff Joniak with the call, WBBN, the Bears Radio Network. Uh, the Ravens would answer with 10 fourth quarter points, however. Chicago still had a chance. Trailing 16-13, a desperation attempt from Andy Dalton. Well, it ended up uh, with a sack. So it did not go well for the Bears in their final opportunity. So the Ravens hold on for a 16-13 win. Carolina Panthers hosting the Washington football team. Cam Newton making his first start since his return to Carolina. Had a couple of scores on the day, but the day belonged to Washington. Snap to Heidi. Carolina brings forth. Throws over the middle. Got Carter! Touchdown! One yard deep in the end zone! Touchdown, Washington! Washington Radio with the call. One of three touchdown passes on the day for Taylor Heineke. Washington's defense sacks Cam Newton on fourth and two with just over a minute left to seal the deal. 27-21, the final. Big day of offense for the Indianapolis Colts. Big day of offense for Jonathan Taylor. Haskell in short motion. Wentz hands off to Jonathan Taylor. Jumps over the pile. He's in there. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. And Jonathan Taylor has three touchdowns in this first half. And for the first time in his career, he has three touchdowns in a game. Colts Radio Network with the call. It was a rout today as the Bills fall to the Colts, 41-15. to yeah, Taylor finished the day with five touchdowns and 185 yards. Colts are 6-5. and five. The Bills now 6-4. and four. Elsewhere around the lead, the Cardinals lead the Seahawks 13-6. They are at the half in Seattle. No Kyler Murray for the Cardinals. Colt McCoy, the veteran quarterback, with a pair of first-half touchdowns. Bengals lead the Raiders 10-6. That game is in the third quarter. Joe Mixon with a rushing score to go along with 43 yards. It's the Chiefs over the Cowboys, 16-3. to They are nearing the half in Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes just fumbled, however, and the Cowboys will take over. 
Other scores from earlier today. The Lions remain winless. They fall to the Browns 13-10. The Texans upset the Titans 22-13. Dolphins with a one-touchdown win over the Jets 24-17. The final from East Rutherford, New Jersey. Wild game in Philadelphia with the Eagles improving to 5-6 and six with a 40-29 win over the Saints. It was the 49ers over the Jaguars 30-10. to 10. Later tonight from Los Angeles, it's the Chargers taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Mm, no, and I've had turf toe. It's a little worse than turf toe. I'm just going to have to get through the bye and and, uh, and hope I can get some, some healing over the bye week. Um, you know, probably the same schedule next week. I uh, was in a lot of pain. Yeah, it sounds like a quarterback who is dealing with something. That's Aaron Rodgers following today's game. We still don't know exactly how he injured his toe. He's not really come forward with that information. But nonetheless, Rodgers is dealing with a turf toe-ish kind of injury. I guess we're not calling it that. He's got a toe injury. He calls it worse than turf toe. It didn't seem to affect Rodgers today on the field. He did leave the sidelines right before the end of the first half if People were wondering why Jordan Love came in. Rodgers was trotting to the sidelines and likely getting some treatment on that toe. It was stepped on during the course of the first half, so um, he was off in the tunnel as Jordan Love took a knee to end the first half. But don't look for Aaron to practice much, if at all, this week leading up to the Rams game. Uh, He's not practiced much, really, since the end of October for a variety of different reasons. As the Packers' offense, it's taken a while. So the last couple of games, it's taken a minute to get in gear. And they sort of settled in against Seattle. They very much settled in against Minnesota today. But I don't want to say too little too late, but there were a couple of missed opportunities early in this game. Of course, the defense struggled to stop Minnesota all day long. But you'd like to get that offense clicking on all cylinders, and hopefully the injuries now to the offensive line don't further hamper things. But look for Aaron to be under center when the Packers take on the Rams a week from today. Just don't look for him to be on the practice field much, if at all, during the week. Back to the phones we go. Fred is in Milwaukee. Joining us next. Thank you for holding, Fred. Hey, guys. Thanks for the call. Love the show. Um, All i got to say is water always finds its level. The Packers are going to be okay. Uh, We got some flags early that set us back, and I think it kind of got us out of the run game, which I didn't love, but it comes down to those turnovers that we just got the short, short stick there, you know. Um. I think you got to stick with Mason. Mason's a vet. He's going to get it done. My big question is this long snapper. If you ask me, guys got to go. Hope the Packers get healthy here soon, and I think we've got a Super Bowl team. Looking forward to it. Thanks for the call. Love you guys. Appreciate the call, Fred. I I don't think the Packers are going to change much here. right? If your operation is that, I, this is a tricky one uh, because I am. I was surprised to see a long snapper change. When they changed it, right? But, I mean, again, it was the operation. I mean, the, the the struggles for this unit go back to the early portion of the season. Uh, not so much the first few weeks. I think Mason was 9 for 9. So, hey, we're humming along on all cylinders here. But there was that very narrow win over the 49ers in which it looked like, I don't know, what, what separated that kick from being blocked? Two inches of a finger? I mean, that was tight. So I, I think the, the stopwatch was on Hunter Bradley. And they ultimately moved in a different direction. But it's a new system here. The entire operation is different. And no, it's not working very well. Not consistently. 54-yarder is great. 32-yarder, everything looked right. I think it was just a missed kick. Uh, but it really stands out uh, in a three-point loss here to the Minnesota Vikings. I'm a stick-with-Mason kind of guy, too. 
But there's no denying the operation is in bad shape right now and is in desperate need of fixing. You don't want it to cost you a game when it really, really matters. John joins us next in Waukesha. Greetings, John. Uh, greetings. Thanks for taking my call. Love your show. I I want to concur with one of the former callers that said they weren't happy about uh, the play with 26 when he made what looked like an interception, and it looked like he caught the ball to me, and then he fumbled. That's what I thought. And earlier in the game, and I was driving across the the state of Wisconsin, uh, listening to Larry and Wayne, and Larry was talking about the center and how Kenny Clark was busting up the middle, pushing the center back, and I thought in the last field goal attempt at the end of the game, they should have busted up the center and taken that field goal out of the equation. I thought the uh, refs also were sketchy, and I'd like your take on that. Thank you for taking my call. Appreciate the phone call, John. I, the Savage thing is interesting. In real time, I thought he caught it. I thought he kept the ball off of his leg. I, there was a moment where he had the ball and his knee was down, but he never. I, it, it, it felt like he was still trying to secure it and pull it in. I'm a little surprised it was overturned. I did see ball touch ground, which is never a good thing. A uh, similar-ish play happened to the Vikings toward the end of the first half, though I think it, it was it didn't appear to be as secure in his hands. I, I don't think this is a the refs screwed over the Packers kind of day uh, in Minneapolis. I thought there were some close calls both ways, both questionable. It's unfortunate. Yeah, your defense needs to make a stop, and it had opportunities to on that final drive. It just didn't didn't work out, unfortunately, for the Packers. Plenty more to get to coming up on the other side. Hour number two of the program right after this. You're listening to the Packers Radio Network. Packers game day continues. It was really encouraging to see our guys when we had to, you know, kind of backs up against the wall and in the red zone, uh, come through and make some plays. With Packers OT, presented by Pillow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. You can't come out talking about, you know, getting more opportunities than that that I'm going through, so it's something that I'm going to make sure I do today. Now, hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. The big sequence was obviously into the first half, getting a touchdown, coming out in one place, 75 yards. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. Aaron Rodgers throws for 385 yards and four touchdowns. Kirk Cousins equal to the task, 341 yards and three scores. The Vikings outlast Green Bay. 34-31, a field goal with no time on the clock, the difference in today's game in Minneapolis. Welcome back in. It's Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Now through November 30th, choose 12 months, no payments and no interest, plus 20% off labor at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Set your free consultation now at PellaWI.com. I'm Greg Matzik with you until 6 o'clock. Join us, why don't you? 855-616-1620. We'll dive into the locker room coming up in just a few moments. We'll also dive into the NFL rule book for those keeping score at home. Before we get to it all, let's step aside 10 seconds for our stations to identify themselves on the Packers Radio Network. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2, Milwaukee. Take it from me, Mark Tauscher. Orthopedic Associates has what it takes to stay in the game. There is a difference. 
I'll let you be the judge at home. You've seen the video, right? But here's what the rule book states. NFL rules state a player going to the ground while attempting to make a catch must maintain control of the ball throughout the process before hitting the ground. If he loses control of the ball, the ball touches the ground before he regains control. The pass is incomplete. What do you think? Yay or nay? You can watch. You've seen the video, right? 855-616-1620. Barry's in California. Greetings, Barry. You're on Packers OT. Hey, hi, Greg. Thank you so much for taking my call. I, You know, at this moment, I don't know if a lot of Packer fans feel the way I do. I just thought this loss was devastating. Very slow start to the offense. A lot could be with Harry not practicing. Uh, could be a variety of things. But, again, being down 23-10 and making a great comeback. I thought we would win the game. Um, it, it's really unsettling. I thought the defense played good, but far from great today. I was actually very upset that Tony didn't try a little bit more effort to stop the two-point conversion when the guy ran in. It's kind of like they sort of watched him run in, at least try to make a tackle. Uh, but after a point, they just kind of watched him go in. My main concern, and I'm kind of following up on what you said before, um, there seems to be a major disconnect uh, with the three-prong attack on the on, on the field goals, the points after. And truthfully, I know that they you know they cut the first goal and snap, and now they're boarding the second one. Um, but the one consistent, other than of course Mason, Mason is the punter holding the ball. And I'm wondering, I have not seen any sort of attempt to change that. And I'm wondering if maybe it's something that should be reconsidered. To see, I don't think Mason, as a 15-year veteran, has forgotten how to kick the ball. But there's definitely some sort of a disconnect here, and I wanted to, again, see if maybe you could elaborate on that or see what you felt. Um, I thank you so much for taking my call, and hopefully we can win the game next week. I hope we can, and then we get into the bye, and we get a well-deserved rest. Thanks. You know, it's a mystery to me. So in Mason's start of 9 of 9, he's, what, now 8 of his last 14? I mean, that's terrible for a kicker that good. They, those are those are awful numbers, and I didn't see anything about the 32-yarder that maybe say, "Yep, there, there it is. That's the problem." There, didn't get the ball down in time. And I, I guess the snap wasn't terribly tight, but I didn't think Mason's timing was disrupted. But it, the the bigger point is, we're all watching that now, right? I mean, you, you never used to know who the long snapper was in Green Bay. Who is that? What? Oh yeah, Brett Good. Remember him? Who's the other guy? Bradley? Oh yeah, Bradley. Oh, they cut Bradley. Well, who's this guy? He's left-handed. Like I, you just you, you're not supposed to know the long snapper. Now we're paying attention to the long snapper. Wait, who's holding? Is he the right guy? Should it be a quarterback there in case you know what hits the fan and they got to roll out and throw a pass? Like we have never paid more attention to the operation of the field goal kicking unit than we are now, and it's nauseating because I, this is you know week eleven. Okay. All right, you withstand the situation, you suffer a loss, you fly home, you're annoyed, you're disgruntled, but you're still 8-3. and three. You're still leading the division. Okay, fine. Uh, you're going to have a home playoff game at Lambeau Field. That's great. You want to win that game? You better get that figured out. For as well as the defense has played this season, by and large, and today was... It didn't feel like New Orleans bad in week one. I mean, just nothing was working there. This just felt like a shootout. And the Packers were, you know, I just beat up. No doubt about it. I can't look at it any other way. They were pretty healthy against New Orleans and just laid an egg. Today, they were certainly outmanned. 
Vikings were pretty healthy, I thought, by and large. So a game effort fell short, frustrating. We talked about some of the plays that you know made up today's loss. But you just you can't get into those situations in the postseason where you know you're sweating it out. Do you go for it on four and uh, fourth and three, or do you kick a field goal from forty yards in a tight game? Like that, just like those are the decisions now. Matt Lafleur is going to have to make, and he will agonize over those decisions. He'll say he's got all the confidence in the world in Crosby and the unit, and so on and so forth. I don't know, man. Like at some point, it's going to rear its ugly head at the wrong time. And today is just a reminder that that still remains an issue. John is in Michigan uh, joining us next. You're on Packers OT. Hello, John. Hi. Uh, just taking a deep breath like everybody about this game. <laughs> but uh, The one comment I had, it would have been nice. I think a lot of times we get in the trap when we're playing these tough defensive lines. We try to throw the, these deep balls over and over again in the first half. And those – I don't know. I, I don't know if we've ever took tabs on how often have we hit MVS deep. Obviously, we did finally in the, in the uh, toward the end of the game there. But it just seems like we could try, you know, a little something like Belichick did last week. He's got the old-fashioned fullback back there, and I, I would love to see our two. What are they? Six-two, six-three, two hundred and forty-five pound tight ends line up back there and and uh, put you know, our halfback, 28, right behind them. And, you know, and let's get four or five yards of carry, you know, for a while and, and keep them off the field. It, it just gets old trying to hit these deep passes all the time. I mean, we're got to be less than 20% of the time we're hitting those. I, you, you saw why they did but it, though, right? I think Johnny, even Johnny, though they have a great line, I think we can move them that way. You, you saw why they did it, though, right? I mean, the, the end of the game is why they were going deep. They, they saw a matchup today with MVS and Brashad Breeland, and they wanted to destroy Brashad Breeland. He cannot run. That was the game plan. The game plan called for them to take shots with MVS because they thought they could win there. A lot of attention on Devontae Adams with Patrick Peterson. We know that. That's going to be the case every week. So when you've got the one-on-one matchup with MVS, you feel like you can exploit it with his speed, you take your shots. Now, I, I think your point is is it, it's well thought through, but... I'm also looking at it from the standpoint of Aaron Rodgers, like not practicing since the end of October, right? It's just like it might take a moment to get that thing dialed in. But I understood why they took the shots. And they went to MVS on the, let's see, the very first drive, incomplete deep on a third and eight. Okay, they went to him the very next drive, incomplete deep, but they had a defensive holding penalty. Uh, There was another opportunity, deep to MVS for 39 yards. So there's your... There's your hodgepodge of stuff. Incompletion, defensive holding that led to a first down, and then a connection for 39 yards. Okay. 33% on those. Not bad. I think they tried one other time to MVS deep and then uh, before the touchdown. But it it was clearly a focal point of the game plan. Get MVS in one-on-one coverage and let him run. We think we can win that matchup. And the one they connected on? Uh, the most significant one they connected on, tied the game, ultimately. So I didn't have a problem with it, uh, but I do get the timing between Aaron Rodgers and MVS likely a little bit off, uh, as the Tudors have not practiced together in about a month's time. That means something. It really does. Rob is next up in Green Lake here on Packers OT. Hi, Rob. Hey, uh, how are you doing today? 
All right. What you got? horrible because the Packers lost. Uh, we'll get through. Uh, what I'm saying is, is that all the people who have a complete uh, delusion about how this game went, just think about how many of the starters you can actually name that were actually still in training camp. The hodgepodge that they've managed to put together of – you know, new guys, young guys, and old bets is just amazing considering how many injuries they've had. No doubt about it, Rob. So going into today's game, I just want to see if we're on this. Yeah, that's a part of it. The offensive line aren't even there. They weren't even starters. Going and into going into today's Aaron game, Rogers pretty uh, Rob, clean. Rob, you got to listen to me when I'm asking you a question. Yep. There, I give you give you a shot there, but nonetheless, um, yes, I mean that is certainly a part of it. I, I went into today's game thinking, "What is Rashawn Gary going to play?" Trying to think it through it all week. I, I'm surprised he's on the practice field. Was pretty amazed to see him on the practice field. Okay, they got to the end of the week and he was still kind of up in the air, doubtful, and then out. Okay, you can't play through the hyperextended elbow. I don't think you'll see him against the Rams, maybe after the bye week. Okay, you give him a few weeks. Maybe that's the best time for David Bakhtiari. It's going to be a while for Jair Alexander. I don't think Zadarius Smith will ever play a down for the Packers again. So some pieces will come back, Aaron Jones included. Other pieces are going to be done for the year. Robert Tunyon. My gut feeling tells me Elton Jenkins. There are others. Josh Myers, the rookie center who started this season and has paved the way for Lucas Patrick because of an injury. So it, it's been sort of a rotating group. Going into today's game, when I learned that Rashawn Gary was out, my first thought was, I don't know how they're going to get pressure on Kirk Cousins. And that's without really knowing much about the Minnesota Vikings offensive line. And just at some point, you feel like it has to catch up with you. All right, well, what's Joe Barry going to do? How creative is he going to have to get? Might you see more blitzing linebackers? Or members of the secondary coming off the edge to try and disrupt Kirk Cousins' timing. If you do that, you're going to leave yourself vulnerable in certain spots of the field. I thought the Vikings did a pretty good job exploiting that. The times pressure was brought, it seemed to be a a tick late on occasion, and that was just enough. That was just enough for a completion to be made. There were other times where Packers got their hands on the ball, couldn't quite secure it. Pretty amazing. There were no turnovers in today's game. How many times was the ball on the ground, or did it appear to have exchanged hands? Several. Uh, pretty impressive stuff, I think, overall. But you got to complete the deal, right? You just complete the deal, finish it off. And the finish was not quite there for the Packers today. But you do feel like a loss like this was sort of inevitable, uh, just given the situations. Injuries have piled up on the Packers for the first time in Matt LaFleur's tenure. How do you get out of it? How do you get out of it? 855-616-1620. Got about 45 minutes left to go here in the program. Want to get you caught up to speed on other stuff happening around the NFL. Very busy day, as you might expect here in week 11 of the NFL season. And our look around the league is presented by Cousin Subs. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. Time to get an update from around the NFL. Upset of the day in the AFC. How about the Houston Texans? Too much for the now 8-3 and Tennessee Titans? That's right. Tannehill gets the snap. Tannehill firing right sideline. Picked off. Terrence Mitchell. And Mitchell trying to move with the ball. Does across the 40-45 to the far side of the field. He's brought down 
at the 48-yard line of the Titans. Yeah, that was a gut-wrencher, right? Titans radio with the call, and that sealed the deal. He had a couple rushing scores on the day for Tyrod Taylor, the Texans' quarterback. That the Texans' defense shut out the Titans in the first half. Ended up winning 22-13. to In Philadelphia, quarterback Jalen Hurts rushed for three touchdowns. Eagles' defense also key in today's win. Simeon takes the snap. He backpedals again. He steps up, fires to the far side. Intercepted! Down the far sideline! All alone! Big play! Slay! His third touchdown of the year! WIP, the call, Eagles Radio Network. Darius Slay intercepting Trevor Simeon of the New Orleans Saints. That helped preserve the win. Saints did rush back into this game with 22 fourth-quarter points. Still, Philly hangs on 40-29. to No drama in Jacksonville. The Jaguars, well, they just aren't very good. 49ers, much better today. Here's a gun run to Debo Samuel coming left. Right at Ward, breaks a tackle down the sideline. Debo Samuel will take it all the way in. Touchdown! San Francisco! KNBR with the call. The 49ers pick up the win, 30-10 the final. Late game's going on right now. Bengals over the Raiders. They're just moving to the fourth quarter in Las Vegas. 13-6 the score right now. Chiefs lead the Cowboys. They are in the third quarter. 16-3. Patrick Mahomes just intercepted the Cowboys now inside the red zone. Cardinals with a 13-6 lead over the Seattle Seahawks. Second half just underway from Seattle. Earlier today, Jonathan Taylor with five touchdowns. The Colts hammer the Bills 41-15. to The Ravens outlast the Bears minus Lamar Jackson. Baltimore picks up the win 16-13. Lions remain winless 0-9-1 on the season. Browns get the victory 13-10 in Cleveland. Dolphins over the Jets 24-17. It was Washington outlasting Carolina 27-21. Sunday night football tonight. It is the Steelers and Chargers. Get ready for that. From Los Angeles, Monday Night Football features the Giants and Buccaneers from Tampa. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. Let's dip into the locker room on the other side. It's after this on the Packers Radio Network. Our guys, already in mid-season form, Wayne and Larry. This is where you could see some shenanigans on the home of the Packers, WTMJ. Rodgers takes the snap. Has some time. Now steps up, scrambles left. Rodgers going to take it himself. No. Throws end zone to Quora. Touchdown! They beat Harrison Smith. 25-yard touchdown pass. Josiah DeQuora. Win or lose, a fresh haircut is always a great way to boost your mood, but it's even better when it's easy to get in and out of the salon. That's why customers love the Great Clips online check-in app. It's easy in, easy out, easy great. Aaron Rodgers, our Great Clips great player of the game today. Four touchdown passes for Rodgers, 385 yards. However, in a losing effort, Packers fall to the Minnesota Vikings, 34-31. to Touchdown catch for Josiah DeGuara. You know, the Packers uh, really found something here with... The offense, but it, it just took a little bit to get going, unfortunately, as uh, the Packers were able to get Devontae Adams involved. Marquez Valdez-Scantling had a touchdown reception, and that play to DeGuara that you just heard. Josiah DeGuara really backfilling Robert Tunyon and starting to get a little more trust with the quarterback. He's standing by with Aaron, excuse me, Larry McCarron in this locker room report. Josiah, I mean, this is a bitter pill to swallow. Mm. The way you guys kept fighting back. What's your mood? What's your tone right now? Yeah, it's definitely a tough loss. Um, 
you know, the Vikings are a great team, and um, they just came out a little bit faster than we did, I think. And um, sometimes that's how the ball rolls at the end of the game. And um, but I think we did a great job of fighting back and get back into the game and did what we could to hopefully have a chance there at the end. But um, yeah, a great job by them. Tell me about your first career touchdown. Yeah, man, it was exciting to get that one. Um, just a scramble drill, and um, luckily Aaron was rolling to the left, and um, just one of those plays that I was open in the back of the end zone, threw my hand up, and he, he hit me with a great pass. This was one of those, another chapter in the legend games for Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. I mean, just crazy good, and he had to be hurting uh, that that toe, I mean, it couldn't have been just right. And he comes up like uh, with a game like this. What's your what's your feeling for a teammate that can do those things? Yeah, I mean, he's one of the best to ever do it, and that's why. You know, he's he's tough. He's our teammate. He's our leader, and uh, we're just happy to go out there and be able to play with him. And obviously, when he has a game like this, you just sit back and enjoy it, and glad to be a part of it. Just uh, one other thing, your personal game. It looks like. Of course, you had a serious knee injury last mm-hmm. year, and it takes a while. It looks like you're kind of recapturing everything that a year long of rehab can kind of take away. Is mm-hmm. that the way it's going for you? I think it is. I feel great out there. Um, the more the more I play, the more comfortable comfortable I feel. So just keep stacking these types of games for me personally, and um, as a team, you know, get back to the drawing board, have a tough game next week, and um, just go out there and get a W next week. That's all we could do. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. If you'd like to join us, let's uh, grab Jim in a Richland Center. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Jim. Hey, how you doing? Um, nice to be uh, for for you to take my call. Um, do you think uh, with Aaron Rodgers nursing his toe and having missed so much practice that uh, we'll ever be able to get to, you know, get up the offense up to speed at the start of the game? To imagine four quarters of this offense rocking. And then do you think Bakhtiari uh, coming off injured reserve uh, weeks ago and still isn't getting practice even, do you think he's maybe something else is going on there? Yeah, I'm a little concerned about that, Jim, if I'm being perfectly honest. Uh, Matt LaFleur said it was not a setback for David Bakhtiari throughout the practice week. Um, he had several days in a row practicing. I mean, when I say practicing, I mean, we're not talking about, you know, full-on getting after it, taking people to the ground, that kind of thing. He's, he's practicing. He's, he's involved in whatever the Packers are doing in practice. They have started to taper a little bit as you get into the second half of the season. Wednesdays are typically above-the-neck sort of days, as Matt LaFleur will call it, more walk-through speed kind of stuff. Uh, but to hear that he was held out of practice throughout the practice week, though it's not a setback, according to Matt LaFleur, it does make you wonder um, just when he might end up back on the field. And if you consider the news about Elton Jenkins is is not good, uh, at least we don't believe it to be good news, I, you, you can't rush a guy back onto the field before he's ready. I totally get that. Uh, but now it just feels maybe a little bit more urgent as you try and get things sorted out. Yash Nyman has done a nice job at left tackle, and he may have to start next week against the Rams. I don't think you'll see Bakhtiari until after the bye week, but I'm hopeful it's right after the bye week. Right, just to, you know, get your sea legs under you, get some time on the field, you know, before you get to the postseason, uh, three, four games, something uh, to get back into the the kind of game shape you need to be in to you know go sixty minutes, sixty plays, whatever the Packers end up doing on offense. But yes, I am a little bit of con- uh, bit concerned, even though Matt Lafleur said it was not a setback. 
always gives me pause when a player is held out of practice and no specific reason is given, and it's just said to be part of the process. Not exactly sure what that means. I really don't. Uh, but you're right. Offense a little bit out of sync. Aaron not practicing. Several key weapons out. Big issue today to me, also penalties. Uh, penalties absolutely destroyed the Packers today. When you talk about missing the kind of talent the Packers were missing against the Minnesota team that has played well all season long. They've been in some incredibly tight battles today, you know, just the latest chapter. But eight penalties for 92 yards was a killer for the Packers today, an absolute killer. They were able to work their way around a couple of those, but certainly not all. Uh, eight plays, 92 yards. That's not been an issue for this team throughout the season, so I'd be surprised if it maintained. But today it was an issue. And in a three-point loss, it, it very much stands out. 855-616-1620. Back to the locker room. Back to the phones on the other side. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. So whatever it takes, play of the game is presented by Bryant Heating and Cooling. Rodgers in the shotgun, first and ten from the 25, takes the snap, looks, lofts it, deep over got the left him. side. He's got MBS, he's running down the left sideline, it's Secretariat at the Belmont, no one will catch him, touchdown, Green Bay! MBS holding Xavier Woods. Xavier Woods up the track, as we would say, at the track. MVS! Wow! Well, you love the one-play 75-yard touchdown drive, especially when it ties the game. Unfortunately, two minutes and nine seconds were left on the clock for Kirk Cousins and the Vikings to move down the field and into field goal range. They ultimately defeat the Packers 34-31. However, Rodgers to MVS, 75 yards late in the fourth quarter, the whatever-it-takes play of the game, and it's presented by Bryant Heating and Cooling, doing whatever it takes to keep your family comfortable. Find your local dealer at bryant.com. Let's go back to the phone, shall we? We've got Mitch in Rush Lake joining us on Packers OT. Hi, Mitch. Hey, how you doing? Good, Mitch. What you got? I had a question. Uh, I just wanted to pick your brain on the clock management at the end. I was listening in the deer stand and kind of scratching my head why they didn't take the timeout they had right away and leave Aaron Rodgers with a, a few seconds to maybe work his magic and possibly tie up the game. Yeah, and Mitch, I don't think it would have mattered. I was looking at that, too. They had one timeout. Matt LaFleur ended up using it uh, to ice the kicker. I'm using air quotes here in, in ice. Uh, the way Minnesota had it with their down and distance, they could have done exactly what they did. It, it wouldn't really have mattered where the Packers took the timeout. Minnesota could still you know, take the clock down to two seconds, call a timeout of their own. Um, they didn't have to kick a field goal. Uh, right after the Packers called a timeout. Let's say there's 20 seconds on the clock. They could have still run the clock down. So uh, it, it wouldn't have made a difference, and Matt chose to take the timeout uh, just before the kick was executed. So uh didn't really matter. Had they had a second timeout, yeah, I think it does make a difference there for sure. Um, but that lone timeout, it's it just didn't make a difference where that timeout was taken. Alex joins us next. He's in Star Prairie. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Alex. Um, hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, i just like to say that the word of the day for this team is health. Um, we had, I think, nine preferred starters, maybe more, um, out at the start of this game. Um, I wasn't going to ask about Jenkins' injury because I know we don't actually know how bad that is yet. 
but the fella called a few calls ago and asked about um, about Bakhtiari, and I just I think it would be nice if uh, after the bye week if we can get as many um, of our starters back as we possibly can, particularly on the offensive line. It would be nice to get Jones back as well and see what we can do You know, going into the playoffs. But today is not that big of a deal. It's just one loss, and like I said, we've got one more game to survive next week, and then we'll kind of see what we can do after the bye week, but it'll be great to see what this team can do, especially if the health of this team improves going forward. So, thanks a bunch, guys, and yeah, go Pack Go. Yeah, I think you're right, Alex. So, I mean, if you look at this game, if if this is a situation where Jair Alexander's out there, Zadarius Smith, Rashawn Gary, Whitney Merciless, David Bakhtiari, you got your starting line, offensive line, all intact, Aaron Jones is on the field, I mean, if that's the situation going into Minnesota and you get beat and it's 34-31, there's probably a little bit of a different tone to this program where it's like, geez, come on now. this is got to win these games. I, I'm not sensing that as much uh, from our callers and just you know, sort of paying attention to what's going on. Not that it wasn't important to de- defeat a division rival. Home, road, doesn't really matter. But I think there is a level of understanding that this is not the Packers 100%. This is not clicking on all cylinders. In fact, it's it's an eight, eight and three team, despite all the names that I mentioned uh, that are out. That's more impressive than today's loss was frustrating. That's kind of where I'm at with the whole thing. Uh, it, not to say they didn't shoot themselves in the foot, right? All the penalties we talked about—nearly a hundred yards of penalties, ugh. missed field goal, yikes! Can't guard Justin Jefferson. Ugh. Bad timing on a couple of blitzes that resulted in a penalty and negated turnovers. Yeah. Right, but put it all together, that's a pretty steep mountain to climb against the Vikings team that they are better than their record. I don't think there's any question about that. And yeah, frustrating. I get it. Certainly not the end of the world. Peter joins us next in Spooner. Welcome, Peter. Hi, thank you. Say, um, disappointing loss for sure uh, today, but I just wanted to make a comment about Justin Jefferson. You just mentioned him. Uh, I think that guy is the real deal, and I'm not sure if he was defended poorly today or if he's just one of those guys that that any team is going to have trouble with because I think he was just amazing, some of the stuff he did today. I just wanted to get your comment on that. Yeah, uh, he's no joke, Peter. Remember when when the Vikings drafted Jefferson and they felt all comfortable giving rid of Stephon Diggs that offseason. Then they draft Jefferson, you understand why. They targeted him coming out of LSU. Uh, The play he made, the touchdown that he made, where where he... uh, he beat Eric Stokes in coverage. Stokes was right where he needed to be. He located the ball. And Jefferson, as a second-year player, I, I thought just a classic veteran move. Put two arms out, held Stokes off. Yeah, might have said he pushed off. And then twisted his body for a catch and you know, got himself inside the pylon for a touchdown. But uh, he is dangerous and deadly. And there are enough weapons in that Minnesota offense to scare you. The key is getting to Kirk Cousins. And the Packers did not do that today. Uh, but, yes. Justin Jefferson is a problem. He's very much a problem. And playing in the climate-controlled scenario inside Minneapolis, inside the U.S. Bank Center, yes, that's that's kind of more his speed. I can't wait to see Jefferson on January 2nd at Lambeau. Uh, we do have a couple of nuggets on the text line I want to get to. People asking to go through the schedule here before the end of the program. We will do that and get back to your calls. Also, back into the locker room we go after this. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. 
His career long 58. This would equal a season long snap and placement. Here's the kick on its way, and it is good. Yes. Just inside the right uprights. Mason Crosby gets the Packers on the board. 54 yard field goal. Green Bay 3, Minnesota nothing early going first quarter. And a reminder that Sartori Cheese donates $1,000 to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin for every field goal by Green Bay. One field goal today, two would have been nice. $15,000 donated to the Make-A-Wish Foundation this season. Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin. Made from 54, missed from 32. That was the day for Mason Crosby as his uh, Jekyll and Hyde season continues. It's always something with special teams. It's always something, unfortunately. Today for the Packers, it was a loss to the Minnesota Vikings, 34-31. The final, the offense getting in gear in the second half, especially uh, the defense really struggling as the Vikings put up over 400 yards of offense. Packers OT presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. It looked like the interior of the Packers defensive line was going to take control of this game early on, especially Kenny Clark. And really throughout this season, Clark, Dean Lowry, Tyler Lancaster have been up to the challenge, and part of the reason why you're not seeing the Packers blitz so often, they're getting it done with the group in that front unit. Tyler Lancaster standing by with Larry McCarron in our final locker room report. Tyler, uh, what's it like to be in a game like this? I mean, a terrific game on a number of levels, but come up short. What's that like? You know, I mean, it's pretty deflating. This is one of the most important games, especially a divisional rival. Um, but we can't let it affect us coming in next week. You know, we, we came up we were very energetic. We wanted to come out fast. Unfortunately, we didn't come out fast enough. Um, we fell this week, but it's on to the next one. So as long as we cannot let this seep over into next week, you know, we'll be full, full steam ahead. Tyler, tell me about your game. Very active for an inside player, like four tackles, a couple for a loss, impact type plays. Talk to me about your game. Yeah, I mean, I, I've known myself for a long time. I'm more of a run stuffer. Uh, I, every offseason I try to work on pass, but, you know, it's, it's known that I've been a run-first defensive lineman, and uh, I've kind of embraced that role, and we knew that it would be run-heavy. Uh, they've got a good front and running back to, uh, to run the ball, and so I was in a lot more this week, and uh, I was able to capitalize on some of those, but, you know, still we got to get off the field, and, and we can't let it down the field, so, um, you know, so there's positives, but not good enough. Tyler, at one point, the word in the press box is you're questionable with an injury, and then I'm out there watching you make a tackle. So tell me the story with that. Yeah, no, it was, I was a, a wing on a field goal protection, and, and I just got it hyperextended a bit, and uh, you know, it hurt real bad for a second, but we x-rayed it, it looked good, got it casted up, and right back out there for the second half. So, you know, as football players, we deal with a lot of these bumps and bruises, and you just got to rub some dirt on it. So, Tyler, what now? Disappointing loss. A very disappointing loss. So what now for you guys? You know, uh, I think we'll be disappointed for the next 15 minutes. We're going to flush it tomorrow, and then it's on to the next one. I, I mean, if, if we let this seep into the next week, it wouldn't be good. So, you know, flush it, move on, correct the mistakes, kick butt next week. And Tyler Lancaster standing by with Larry McCarron. Some of the big play production in this game really stood out. So the Vikings in the first half had big plays of 43 yards, 56, 18, and then a 37-yard defensive pass interference call. They also were in much better position on third down throughout the game, much more so than the Packers. Uh, there were some moments, right, in the first half especially, where it was third and seven. That's what you like if you're the Packers' defense. Third and five, a sack by Preston Smith. 
But there was also third and four, gain of 18. Third and five, oh, interception, nope, roughing the passer. So they were able to continue drives on third downs. I, I find it amazing, looking at the stats here, there were three opportunities in which the Vikings scored touchdowns on third down. Third and goal from the 11, touchdown. Right? I just that That kind of stuff is just excruciating for the Packers. Third and three, touchdown to Jefferson. This happened throughout the uh, throughout the game. Third and goal from the nine. Touchdown, Jefferson. That kind of stuff can't happen because you've got enough third and one, third and one, third and three, third and four conversions. The Vikings cashed in on all of those. Third and 11, what happened? Preston Smith recorded a sack. Right? It just felt like the playbook was wide open for the Vikings on those third down occasions. And when they did have kind of a third and not quite as manageable, it was a goal-to-go situation which sort of uh, capped the Packers' defense on the back line. They just That is leaking too much oil, right? The third down production of the Vikings was significant today, both inside the red zone and throughout. Manageable down a distance for the bulk of the game. And on the occasions where they didn't really have a manageable down a distance, unfavorable to say the least, third and seven or more, the Packers really never made them pay. Three touchdowns for the Vikings today on third down, two of which... Third and nine, and a third and 11. Barry joins us next from South Milwaukee. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Barry. Hi, Greg. Um, You just touched me with what you said before about the special teams. It's always something, and that struck me. If it's always something, that means somebody's got to go, and I think it's going to be the special teams coach. If you can't get this straightened out over 11 games, somebody's got to be accountable. You know, Barry, and I, I don't know who can get it straightened out, though, right? I mean, it, 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 it's my perspective. It, it hasn't really mattered who the coordinator is. Doesn't it seem that way to you? Uh, there's, there's some truth to that. But, I mean, you, you just can't, you know, you, you just can't keep tinkering with it with the same. You've got to make some kind of change. You, you, you're going to go into the playoffs. We're going to make the playoffs this year, but you're going to go into the playoffs where this stuff really matters. And uh, a missed field goal or a bad snap or a shank punt makes a difference in a ball game in the playoffs when the when the competition is pretty much equal. You're right. So something. Yeah, no, something you're right. I, you know, they did make a change at punter. I think that was a wise change. Corey Bohorquez has been fine. I, I think the Packers have a punter. Uh, that's great. They did tinker and make a change with the long snapper. Okay. <laughs> it's, I, I hesitate to say it's worked. I, I don't know. Like, just... The operation still seems a little bit hectic. And the return game, there really is no return game, right? There just isn't. There's not much of a return game for the Packers. Um, And Amari Rodgers is a rookie, but he hasn't done much with that unit. Coverage unit has actually been okay. Uh, The punt coverage unit specifically, I'm I'm trying to dig back in my memory bank. Maybe I'm just doing a good job blocking it out of my mind. I don't recall the punt coverage unit really struggling this season. So there we go. Uh, That's working. Uh, but there's a lot of components. There are a lot of tentacles to special teams. And it's just all over the map with the Packers. Just is. And it's been this way for a number of years. I don't quite get it. 855-616-1620. Still a few minutes left to join Packers OT if you would like to do so. We'll get to your thoughts coming up on the other side. Time to do our final instant replay update, a look around the league. And it's presented by Cousin Subs. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. NFC West matchup in Seattle with the Seahawks looking to turn its season around against the first place Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray remains out for the Cardinals. 
It doesn't seem to matter. Six offensive linemen and a tight end in the game. Second and goal on the two. Shotgun snap to McCoy. Ball's loose on the ground. He picks it up, throws over the middle, and it's caught for a touchdown by Ertz. How about Colt McCoy picking up a loose ball on the turf and throwing a pass over the middle for a big touchdown here late in the first half. Dave Pass, Cardinals Radio Network with the call. Two touchdowns passing for Colt McCoy. Two touchdowns receiving for Zach Ertz. That game right now in the fourth quarter with the Cardinals leading Seattle 16-6. to Marquee game of the late afternoon slate in Kansas City with the Kansas City Chiefs taking on Dak Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys. Andy Reid going to his bag of tricks. Chiefs are in the pistol. Now they're going to go to a flip bone with Kelsey, who's going to get a direct snap here. And Kelsey runs an RPO. He's going to keep it. Dives right into the middle of the Cowboy defense. Touchdown, Kansas City. Chiefs Radio Network with the call. A lot of turnovers in this game and a relatively modest score here. It's just 19-9. to Cowboys just connected on a field goal. 12.52 left to go in the fourth quarter. That's it. Just three field goals for the Dallas Cowboys. And a couple touchdowns here for the Chiefs on offense. Patrick Mahomes, 220 yards and an interception with a little less than a quarter to play. In Vegas, another matchup of AFC teams. Joe Mixon, his hot streak continues for the Bengals. From the 11-yard line, Burrow under center. Receiver goes in jet motion. They run in the opposite direction. Morgan jogging. Mixon to the 5, to the pylon. Reaches out with the football. Touchdown! Bengals as Mixon takes it in. Bengals Radio Network with the call. 29-13, 1-18 left to go in the fourth quarter. Cincinnati going to pull this one away and improve to 5, uh, excuse me, 6-4 and four with the win. Big day for Mixon, 122 yards rushing and two scores. In the early window as the Colts all over the Bills, 41-15. Five touchdowns on the day for former Wisconsin Badgers running back Jonathan Taylor, 185 yards rushing. Ravens over the Bears, 16-13. No Lamar Jackson for Baltimore. Muted offense, but just enough against the Bears. Lions remain winless. They fall to the Browns, 13-10. Upset of the day in Nashville with the Texans earning a 22-13 win over the Titans. It was the Dolphins over the Jets by a score of 24-17. Three touchdowns rushing for Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts. Philadelphia knocks off New Orleans, 40-29. 22 fourth-quarter points for New Orleans to make things interesting. Washington stops Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers on fourth and three to preserve a 27-21 win. Three touchdowns passing for Washington quarterback Taylor Heineke. It was the 49ers all over the Jaguars, 30-10. Sunday night football tonight from Los Angeles. Chargers hosting the Steelers. Monday night football from Florida with the Buccaneers taking on the Giants. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. More after this on the Packers Radio Network. Here we go. Ball game on the line. DePaula on the snap. Jordan Berry the holder. Here it is. Placement made. Swing with the right leg. The kick is up. It is good. And the Minnesota Vikings have defeated the Green Bay Packers 34-31. to That's how it ended in Minneapolis. Packers fall to the Vikings 34-31. Wrapping up Packers OT. We still got jam phone lines. I apologize. We're not able to get to... uh you on the other side here. It's uh, I get a lot of calls after a loss. Uh, certainly the Packers had plenty of chances to win. There's no doubt about that. So despite everything that we talked about, the penalties, the inability to secure potential turnovers, the missing in action bodies here, high caliber talent on the sidelines for the Green Bay Packers. They were not the healthiest team today. 
And they're still right there at the end to win this game on the road in a hostile environment against a division rival. So I, I don't know if that's a silver lining in this whole deal. It does boil down to wins and losses. But this was not a full-strength team, not even close. The Packers did not play clean football today, loaded with penalties, nearly 100 yards worth. They did not force turnovers. They were in position, just couldn't quite seal the deal. So it felt like there was a lot working against the Packers going into this game, and then it sort of played out that way throughout the game. But nonetheless, here comes a a late second-half rally to make things really interesting and ultimately tie the game with two minutes to go. So it's in there. There is no doubt, and I, I do believe Aaron Rodgers is going to have to play some of his best football uh, in the last several years down the stretch here. The Packers work to get some bodies back involved, but yeah, really important time here for the Packers. One game against the Rams, then the bye week, and here's how the schedule shapes up following the bye week. You go to face the Chicago Bears at home, then it's a road game at Baltimore. I do think that game is going to be flexed. No way, in my opinion, does it stay at noon on December 19th. And then it's home games against Cleveland and Minnesota, both winnable, both late afternoon or evening time slots, talking about late what Christmas uh, against Cleveland, and then January 2nd against Minnesota, and then he finished the season on the road at Detroit, a team that has not yet won a game so far this season. So it is shaping up pretty well here for the Packers. Uh, it's no easy stretch of games here, but get to the bye week, get through Los Angeles, try and get healthy, see who comes back before you get to that home stretch. Let's finish up with Bart in Weston. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Bart. Hey, um, I know we don't have much time, but it ties into your schedule comment. And I don't know if you talked about the 17-game schedule, what went into it. We've got half teams who are only have eight home games versus nine and how that decision was. And then in, in a sport that only has 17 games, it, it's, it's a factor. So any idea how they're going to move forward with this? My assumption is two years and then move to 18. But uh, uh, it, it is a essentially difference maker in such a short season. Thanks a lot, and have a happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, so they're going to alternate, Bart, as long as a 17-game schedule stays on the calendar. They're going to alternate that, uh, you know, extra home game, if you want to call it that. Uh, But you're right. uh, This is all trending toward an 18-game schedule. We'll be there soon. (laughs) We'll be be back to an even amount of home games and road games. Entertaining game, frustrating loss for the Packers. They fall 34-31 to the Minnesota Vikings on the road. Brilliant afternoon for Aaron Rodgers, 23 of 33, 385 yards, four touchdown passes on the day for Rodgers. Still nursing a toe. He says it's worse than a turf toe injury. Don't look for Aaron to practice this week. Do look for him to play on day when the Packers take on the Rams at Lambeau Field. For Ashton Rotman, Greg Hill, Evan Wattallison, our entire Packers game day production crew, we thank you for listening to Packers OT and making us a part of your evening. You've been listening to a presentation of the Packers Radio Network.